It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vests, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and with me, as per usual, we have Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam. Hey, John. What's going on, man? Oh, not a lot. Uh, just just watching uh, watching everything here and just trying to uh, stay on top of all the sports here in Wisconsin. It's been a up-and-down week. It's been you know just all over the place for us emotionally uh, in the great dairy state. It so. has been uh, a lot of ups and downs. I, I have been watching, however, everyone knows by this point we record on Monday nights, that my my most favorite unbiased sporting event of the year, and that's the home run derby. Because <laughs> even if it's a Chicago Cub in there up there just raking home runs, like you got to just sit there and be in amazement. Like, and anyways, so uh, spoiler alert, uh, Pete Alonzo wins, and uh, man, can he hit a ball. Yeah. Found out and looking at that his great no, I'm sorry, his his grandfather, his dad's dad, fled uh, Barcelona during the Spanish Civil War. That's a better story than hitting home runs. That's that dude's crazy. <laughs> like wow, that, that's a fun well, story. That, but speaking of great stories, though, the guy he beat was uh, Mancini from the Orioles, who of course battled stage three colon cancer and yeah. defeated it, and is now playing. He yeah, he took a uh, Alonso uh, uh, had had to hit six home runs in a minute to catch up to Mancini. And of course he hit them in 24 seconds because he just went nuts and just ripped off like four, four forty footers. And so, uh, that just means six, you know, like, six, four forty footers away. And so, so, you know, Mancini is better than cancer. Alonso better than Mancini. Therefore transitive properties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if you, if you, if you grandfather escapes the Spanish American war, great grandfather, no, Spanish American, the Spanish civil war. Oh, Spanish Civil War, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, confusing. Anyways, so yeah, yeah. there you go. It's yeah. honest, God, it's the, it's the only sport, that and some of the some of the, uh, the NHL stuff, because I really don't have a team in the game in the NHL like you do. Yeah. But uh, like some of the skills competition stuff during the uh, NHL, it's just fun to watch these dudes just be awesome at the, things. The so. NHL skills competition used to be the best. Um, I don't. They don't do a lot of it anymore. They used to have fastest skater, which was great, mm-hmm. watching like Fedorov and pavel bure going against each other like those were oh. incredible times who was the little guy from the tampa bay lightning recently like San Luis. oh martin San yeah. Luis. yeah yeah that dude could that fly dude too was, that, that dude was fast <laughs> um, yeah but there was also one which they put a target in each of the four corners of the net and you would stand at the blue line and you would just shoot like they'd passed you and you'd shoot twice ray bork hit all four targets and four, he took four shots to knock out four targets like you're, wow. t- you're timed and most people can get to like two or three and he was just doom, 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 doom. you're like you did it twice and you're like that's amazing to lift a puck with a stick like that to a specific mm-hmm. point is crazy hard yeah. uh and hardest slap shot is always one of the fun things to see uh, oh yeah absolutely. <laughs> that's just an incredible sort of thing to measure yeah there's a there's a defenseman from the who played for toronto for the longest time i can't remember his name off the top of my head he had just the most ridiculous slap shot on earth like 120 just the record is still zidane chara because he's the tallest man oh, yeah. to play professional hockey he's six seven so when you put him on mm-hmm. skates he's like seven two and yeah. 
He had to get a special <laughs> authorization from the NHL because you're only allowed to have a stick be a certain length. So, you know, so some right. guys don't have like giant sticks on defense; like you just swat things away. But he's six seven, so he got a special exemption because he's gigantic. Probably to make that just to make the handle longer, not the blade longer. But yeah, right. that's yeah, still yeah. more tor- that's more torque he can put on the stick too, though. So. Yeah, the amount of of pull he can put on those sticks now is just crazy. So yeah, he just he just fires that thing. He's got the fastest slap shot ever recorded. And it's those were kind of fun back in the day. Yeah. Anyways, uh, good job, Peter Alonso. Back to Wisconsin sports. Yeah, we'll move back into Wisconsin sports before we get too Viva far. Spain. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we were joking. It's uh, Alonso, eh, Mancini, and uh, Italia win. No, not Italian. Mancini, I'm sure, is partially Italian, but not Alonso. Um, and I'm sorry if I hurt any of our um, English fans' feelings. Um, I I didn't watch. I don't know. I I know there were penalty shots, which people hate for some reason. If every yeah. soccer game was only penalty shots, I would watch more. I'll <laughs> yeah, be entirely honest. Too. If you just when it comes when it comes to the English about hurting feelings, all I say is bullocks. We left we left you two hundred plus years ago, and there was a reason why. I mean, that's the one thing about penalty shots is it is. I mean, it's just a guessing game because there's mm-hmm. seriously if you're standing in the middle of the net and I can put it in the top left corner, you'll never get there. You just can't. It's not right. a physical possibility to do it in time. Right. The goalie is guessing. It's just that's why people hate it, of course. But then it's like. Why don't you make your net smaller? But of course, you oh shouldn't make them smaller. What you should do for soccer to make it watchable, and nobody will, nobody in Europe will ever agree with me, but they should have a um, on-the-fly changing box. So you could just run in, and someone else can run out. And they should change on the fly like oh, hockey. hockey. And then they would all yeah. try way harder, because they could come right back out. Can you imagine if soccer no, players were going full speed all the time? That would be an immensely they, they, watchable game. No, they they honestly stand around for 75 minutes, because you just can't they yeah they've put chips in their their shoes they know when they they measure everything on a soccer field because there's a lot of money in it they know for a fact that teams don't try their hardest except for the final five minutes of each half that's it Mm -hmm. and because why would you waste all of your time doing that you're just trying to stay in it and then try to get a goal at the end of the half that's all any time team is trying to do unless something weird and fluky happens and they can get a run yeah it's like hockey if you only played between the blue lines basically so it yeah, would be way more right. fun to do it this way. They should make an American league that does this and mm-hmm. we would start building better soccer players. We would have an immensely watchable soccer in America. <laughs> we should just call it American soccer, you know? And I, I was going to say, <laughs> we'd have American say, football and American soccer then. <laughs> and before, before we get too far down this rabbit hole, um, you think uh, Lafleur got blasted for kicking that field goal in the NFC Championship game last year? Can you imagine being the English coach that decided to sub in those two guys with uh, about a minute left in the game just so they could sh- kick penalty kicks because they were penalty kick specialists and yeah. they were the two that missed their kicks? <laughs> no, yeah, that's a rough. Year. And in England, that's that's a national crime. He might he might be going to trial soon. Um, or uh, or what was the island that Napoleon got banished to? Uh, oh, Alba, right? Yeah. Yes, Alba. That's right. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say Corsica, but that's where he was born. He was born in Corsica. Born, yeah. And he was sent to Alba. Alba, yeah. That's, that's where it. he'll be sent. Even <laughs> though that's probably a posh. <laughs> then he'll escape and have a Waterloo. Uh, he'll be coaching some yes. French Waterloo team. <laughs> yep. And singing the and singing with Abba. They should they should send him to Waterloo, Iowa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be more of a punishment. 
Ah, history jokes, people. Free history jokes. Uh, uh, huh. we're, we're in Waterloo. You completely missed the ABBA joke earlier, by the way. So. No, yeah, Waterloo. That's a, that's a good song. It's, that's a song they're actually it. playing it's when they... It's not funny, but I get it. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's the song they're playing in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, right? When they, they go to the water so. park? Yeah. Yeah, it is. You're we're, right we're dating ourselves here. This is fantastic. Mm. Everybody, we're taking a bit of time because we only really have two things to talk about because... There, there isn't actual Packers news. There isn't actual Badgers news. There's no Badger basketball. There is no Wisconsin hockey to talk about right now. Um, you know, I mean, Cole Caulfield's feelings are hurt, but that's okay because I hate the Canadians. Um, mm-hmm. But remind, uh, I'd like to remind everybody. Of course, they can follow this show on Twitter at Scotty Johnny Pod. They can follow Aaron on Twitter, right? Aaron, they can follow you. Yeah, you can. You can follow me at Cheddar Talk, John, at Cheddar Talk. I got him off guard there because I went out of order. <laughs> yeah, you did. And I was, uh, and I, was watch- I was watching uh, a U.S. softball team player from the Olympics trying to hit a bar league softball in the celebrity softball game. <laughs> so I was waiting for her turn to come up because imagine a fast-pitch softball player trying to hit a bar league ball. Yeah, just EFIS the whole you, time, basically. You, you can't. Like she, You know what she did? She rocketed it about 300 yards straight up into the air <laughs> and they caught it right behind second base because that's what you do when you're used to hitting a flat yeah, so pitch. When it almost yeah. comes up too. Yeah. But anyhow, yeah. I'll also mention to everybody here before we move into our next segment and out of this elongated opening that we've, we've done this week that you can also follow me on Twitter at not so humble host. All right. And now that we've got all the, all the just shenanigans and all the, uh, just, top of the show stuff out of the way we'll start moving right into our first segment which we like to call the main event starting things off with the main event all right aaron main event is basketball this is basketball like that (laughs) it's been (sighs) we said right off the bat this has been an up and down week right Mm mm-hmm so we start off with Bucks. Just that that first game was kind of heartbreaking. It they they almost made you feel like they could come back for a hot tick, just just mm-hmm. one hot second towards the end. Yep. But man, they just they couldn't buy a basket. Um, they they shot nine of sixteen from free throws. Yeah. Um, they still shot forty four percent from three, but forty five percent overall, and. Yeah. It, when the Suns are shooting 25 of 26, um, and if they hadn't missed that very last one, they were going to set a record for most free throws in a game where you didn't miss. Yes, yeah. It was ridiculous. I mean, we were missing little layups, and they couldn't. The fact that it was as close as it was is amazing because it the is. Suns weren't missing. Yeah, just Chris Paul can get that that mid-range pull-up jumper, that fall-away jumper. He can get that when he wants it, basically. And it's going in like crazy. Um, Booker shot just incredibly well at home. Oh, actually, he didn't shoot so well. He was 8 of 21 in the first game. But that's because he was 1 of 8 from 3, but he made all his free throws. So he ends Mm -hmm. up with 27, even on 8 of 21 shooting. In that second game, um, Booker's 12 of 25, and uh, yeah, 7 of 12 from 3, so he gets 31 there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just and he started off very slow game too. It was just the three pointers in the second game that made it seem like he was the free throws in the first game and the three pointers in the second game. Actually, when I heard those those like the the um 
field goal percentages for him in all three games today when they listed him off. I was, I mean, it, yeah. it, you know, it's a little bit of smokescreen. I'm getting ahead of myself, but like uh, last night, uh, Jay Carter going six for seven from three, you know, yeah. like, it, and, and Chris Paul, it's seemingly like Chris Paul isn't missing shots. Aiton is not missing shots, it, it, for, especially yeah. in the first two games. It's, it just seemed like they were not missing shots and the Bucks were missing easy shots. The amount and, of layups they missed was just unbelievable it, to me. It is. Just, they got to yeah, the rim when they wanted feet. to. Yeah. It's, shots in the restricted area. They were missing shots in the restricted area. Yeah, that part just blew my mind. It seems like Drew Holiday could get to the hoop whenever he wanted to in those first two yeah. games, even, and it just it didn't matter because he wasn't making it. The number of just even tippins that we couldn't put in, sometimes two or three of them mm-hmm. in a row, it seemed. Um, right. Yeah, the Suns fifty percent, twenty of forty from three in game two, and that's why they win by ten. Is they shoot twenty of forty, while the Bucks shoot nine of thirty one. I mean that that killed him right there. Um. Yeah, kind of free throws and just getting to the line in that first one. And the Suns did a very good job. And I'm not gonna blame I'm not gonna blame the refs on this one. It was a little frustrating back and forth here, but in the first couple of games, the Suns did a good job of going inside and just forcing themselves into contact. Sometimes not even contact, but falling as if there was contact. And you right. know what? As long as that works, why is there an incentive for them to stop? They're doing what they want. Right. They're trying to do to win a game. Um, Booker falls over all the time, and the thing is, is it works for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. and that that's basically the story of the first two games. Bucks could not finish at the rim, and the Suns. Well, the other thing is just the stupid turnovers that the Bucks seem to find a way to have. They had uh, go game one here. They had. Uh, nine turnovers, and they had nine turnovers in each of those two games, and it's just you know awful. Just the the I, I don't know. It seems like they find a way to just dribble into a mess, especially the first couple games because they were not passing very well. The ball was not moving yeah. around, and that's what they normally do, right, Aaron? Like you watch regular season two, like they like yeah. moving the ball. Yeah, they do. I mean, even I, I'm, I'm. It's just because it's freshest in my mind, but. Even in last night's loss, Jeff Teague had a terrible entrance pass into PJ Tucker, or uh, sorry, Bobby Portis, out on the right wing when Giannis was slashing to the hoop, like just threw it literally right to the other defender. I mean, there's there's about you know, and old Charles Buckley was talking about this one time on the post game. I think it was during the Nets, but the, the Bucks got to stop with the the terrible just. Uh, unbelievable turnovers and stop shooting threes. Well, they've stopped shooting threes for the most part, except for the ones who can make them. But man, some of those, yeah, they're guaranteed to have five bad turnovers a game or, or the ones where passes Giannis is as bad as anybody about this one too. The yes. ones where the passes hit them in the hand, they drop it or yeah. they're not expecting someone to dish it off to him under the hoop. So yeah, yeah. Keep your I hands mean, ready for passing at any time. But the other thing is just like the amount of what the offense seemed to go down <laughs> to, especially in those first two games, was this idea that we're going to dribble in, and then they kind of get mm-hmm. lost and get in trouble, and then sometimes they just lose their dribble. And mm-hmm. you know, Drew Holiday was doing this, and and Giannis was doing this, kind of dribbling in, 
until they got into trouble and then just trying to stop and find a way to get to somebody else. And you're like, figure this out, have a plan. Like, like they're, they're not running an offense. They're just kind of no. trying to just create the amount of um, just, just one-on-one basketball they're trying to create. You can see him and waving people can... off, and it was it was getting very frustrating watching it. It was like, why can't they just move the ball like normal? Yeah, and I wish they would too, because what ends up happening, and you can see it real in game three, it got a little bit better, but in the first two games, especially, man, like just watching like Phoenix getting like with a good pass, and of course it's Chris Paul too. So I mean, the passing's top five, top three, yeah. top two, top yeah. one. You know, the guy's unbelievable. It's like I said. And I, I'm going to bring it, this up later too about how we wanted this series. Remember, but yeah, like Chris Paul. Chris Paul's the, the person. This this series I wanted back in January. I, I called okay. it on this podcast, but well, anyhow. Uh, and Chris Paul's one of the people I would love to see get a finals win, but just not this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. But I mean, Phoenix is getting like these open runs to the basket with these slashing moves and getting yes. to the hoop, where every time a buck makes a move towards the key or towards the lane, they drop four into the paint Yeah, and they just clog it up and it doesn't matter who it is. The only one who seems to actually get a clean run at the basket is Lopez. Yeah. Sometimes when, when they're, when Giannis is out around the three point line or something like that. But otherwise, I mean, it, it's, it, that's their defense. They just have four people ready to drop at any time. And it wasn't until it isn't until Chris heats up or drew heats up or they're starting to make shots from the outside that they'll start getting, you know, able to be able to pass into, you know, a, a one-on-one situation with Giannis or Lopez or whoever. So, yeah. I mean, that's just what I, I mean, I wrestled in high school, so there you go. But that's just like <laughs> what I can see, like when they're playing, it just feels like that's what they're doing. So, yeah, I think it's just like, they're, they're not watching anything, but the guy who has the ball, it seems at times, because, when they roll off those picks, they roll up the, the double team on them and they'll watch the picking guy, but then they just leave somebody else over on the left wide open. Like they, they'll just. Mm-hmm. And, and luckily, I mean, the, in, in the next game, in game three, which is the one we'll, we'll kind of talk about next, because I think the first two fall into one category. And the biggest problem I have is the consistent problem that I have with Coach Bud. Uh, you know, Budenhauser, he's like McCarthy. He just doesn't mm-hmm. want to change anything and he won't change it in game, it seems just kind of insist that we'll just do it harder. You're like, Until no. game three. <laughs> yeah, and I'll give him the one thing. He, the one thing he did try that worked a bit in game one, and we have not seen it happen in almost again, is he put Giannis at the five. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, guard Aiden. You know, just, just get in there and stop him. He's, I mean, Aiden's been playing very well when he's out there. But the other thing that happened in game three, there's a big turning point, is they finally said, let's go right at this team. If they're going to call that stuff, let's also take advantage of it. We have guys who can get to the rim. I mean, you watch Drew Holiday. One of the best things he does is he finds a way through people to the rim. He really mm-hmm. is. He's incredible in tight spaces getting to the rim. And so he went at it, and Giannis went at it, and then they put Bobby Portis and going in at it, and then all of a sudden there's five fouls on Aiton in the third quarter. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. That's that's well, how that's you beat this that's team. Really, that's, that's the only person they got in there. Yeah. As soon as they pull him out, it opens up the lane entirely. Yeah, and Kaminsky's nice enough, but he's really a stretch four. He's not a five, not a true five like Aiton. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it changes the entire tenor of the game. Not that it would have much mattered. I mean, the Bucks went on a 30-9 to run to end the half in game three, and that's the game, right? <laughs> like, right. they win by 20. That's a 21-point stretch where you get a lead, and you play them essentially even the rest of the way. Yeah. Well, actually, did not, they beat them up in the third quarter, too. The third quarter was nuts. I mean, it was so... And we lost. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Scoring was. I don't know if the score. I don't know if the scoring was even, but even, but it definitely felt. Um, definitely felt uh, like they were taking. Hey, did you see this? To see this joke today? I don't know. <laughs> Giannis, Giannis, and Thanasis Akutumbo are the first brothers to uh, combine for forty-one points in an NBA Finals game. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no, that was a little scary to start that game when Giannis took himself out three yes. and a half minutes in after the free throw, like to turn around and give him the finger, like, hey, hey boss, I need out, you know, and then like walking back and forth between. And you wonder if it was his knee or his nerves. Like, you wonder because he had to look like he was trying to compose himself. It was weird. To see. I don't thing, know what it was. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, too, is that we didn't see much of this dude in the first two games again. And Imagine that you bring back Bobby Portis and you bring back the magic, the energy that that dude brings to the court, whether he's playing well or not is, you know, Bobby had an okay game last night. Okay. Mm -hmm. But man alive, he gets the energy going on the floor in a way that PJ Tucker is a a bruiser, man. He reminds me of, um, what's his, what's his name? Who used to play for the uh, Knicks for all those years. Um, Oakley. Yeah. Jeez. Kind of got that kind of got that tough guy attitude about him, you know. You kind of get that 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 vibe from PJ Tucker. Like yeah. he's kind of like it's kind of like a bully almost a little bit, and you need yeah. that. But Bobby's this like kid. He's a kid bouncing around on the floor, man, yeah. with big eyes, and <laughs> gets everyone thing. going. And I don't know if it would have helped in Arizona or not, but like, man, he he brings the energy, and I got those fans in Milwaukee love him. Holy yeah. smokes, do they love him! Um, I saw one guy with a shirt said, um, if I die, tell Bobby Portis I love him. <laughs> yeah, I did. I saw that. That's awesome. That's but nice. I mean, it was it was it was a it was a it was a weird weird kind of thing having that uh John's come out and then the other thing was what was it? Bud pulled all the starters or most of the starters at one point and then brought them back early off a shift and that kind of fed into all the scoring in that big uh, that big oh. run at the end of the half, like he brought all five starters back in okay. and let the whippings continue, you know, yeah. until further notice. So, um, but, but, but coached a really good game. John has played out of his mind. Um, the holiday was more. holiday. Holiday was effective. So, yeah. And he could have had more like Giannis pulled himself out a little bit early, but he also like, they took him out with three, four minutes left. Cause, cause it was just over. Uh, he played 38 minutes, uh, 14 of 23, 13 of 17 from the free throw. And yeah, yeah 41 points. And, and if he'd have stayed in, he would have broken his own record for most points in a playoff finals game by a buck, which of mm-hmm. course is only because you know, Kareem only played in two of them as a buck, <laughs> two series, right. two series, right. not games, but series. Yeah. Because um, uh, <laughs> Kareem's the better player. And, 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 and I mean, it was, it was such a, it was, and, and there was another thing that, uh, happened in last game that like uh, last night's game that was noteworthy and that was Booker was the absence of just terrible. one Devin Booker for most of the fourth quarter 
and people going, oh, well, maybe body conserving, you know, don't want to beat him up in a game that's getting out of hand. CP3 played until four minutes left in the game. Booker was terrible. That's why he was out. Yeah. They weren't just conserving yeah. him. He was three of 14. He had 10 yeah. points in 29 minutes. He was bad. Uh, that's why he came out. Yeah. Paul had and, four and then, turnovers too in this game. Do you got Do you got the box score in front of you? Yeah, I'm looking at it. And I, I always pull up all all the games from the week here. But yeah, I okay. mean, like, Aiton played 24 so minutes was, in this game and was lights mm-hmm. out in the 24 minutes. But he had to sit down because he had the five Almost fouls pretty early. So yeah, yeah. Did the the Bucks ended up without a single DNP right? Because at the end there were people I didn't know who they were on the oh, floor. No, there were a couple uh, Diakite, uh, Jackson, and Bryant were the only uh, yeah. DNPs because Noara got in, Forbes, yeah. Merrill, Thanasis, yeah. Jeff Teague. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know down. who Merrill was when he got on the floor. <laughs> I was like, they're, who they're is seven that? deep into the bench. So I mean, like, I yeah. was like, who's that dude? <laughs> What is going on good here? Good, good, for you, good for you for getting into an NBA Finals game. Merrill. <laughs> Merrill in Lincoln County? Oh, yeah, man. exactly. No. It has a beautiful courthouse, Merrill. If you've never been there, it's a fantastically beautiful courthouse. Uh, don't go there because they've ordered you to, please. But, you know, just go there because it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's a wonderful Rhinelander, city. Rhinelander, Oneida County, also a beautiful capital with their uh, big stained glass uh, dome. And also a lot of stuffed animals inside the courthouse. Yes, that is true as well. Uh, On average, Sam Merrill gets uh, three points per game, seven-tenths of an assist, and shoots 44.7% from three and 44.4% overall. Oh, very good. So, yeah. But I mean, it was from Utah State. He's an Aggie. Yeah, he looks (laughs) like he'd be from Utah State. Anyways, (laughs) he looks like he'd be in the the Broadway show Book of Mormon. He really did. Yeah. You and me, Hello, but mostly me. Hello, Brother Merrill. <laughs> Brother Merrill, yeah. You and me, yeah. but mostly uh, me. He's 25. Um, so, uh, anyways, but uh, no, it was good because, you know, after game one, which was a game that they hung around in and then just couldn't pull it off, and then game two, which just seemed like the endless barrage, no matter what, as close as the Bucks would get. Yeah. It's like my, my friend Casey said, she goes, it was like they were 10 points behind the whole game no matter what they did. And they ended up losing by 10. But then to have the Bucks come out, and honestly, yeah, like if the Bucks really wanted to roll it up, that would have been a 30-point game. But yeah. the gas, they they, they, yeah. cautiously, they cautiously took their foot off the gas with about five minutes left. And then when, they're, when the lead got cut back to 20 instead of 25, they kind of picked it back up for a little bit just to make sure that wasn't going to, because, I mean, if there's a team that has the firepower to get back into a 20-point game with four minutes left, it's, it's Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, this is, the, this is the NBA finals that, you know, them and the Nets can score a lot of points and all yeah. in a very short amount of time. But and uh, I'm looking too back at game two. I mean, Aiton had four fouls in that game and yeah, they shot, they shot lights out from three and that's how they get ahead of everything. It's the mm-hmm. second quarter in that game. I mean, the first quarter is the bucks by three points. Uh, then it's bucks giving up 14 points, 30 to 16 in the second quarter. Uh, yeah, couldn't buy anything. Then they win the third quarter th- by one point, and then the fourth quarter is a wash at thirty to thirty. The Bucks only right. lost the second quarter, and they lost right. it by fourteen, and then they lose by ten. And that's and, that, of, and that was in game two. That's when that's when Middleton couldn't hit a shot. Him or yeah, nobody could hit, get that, that first part. That first half of game two, that sixteen point quarter, Middleton and 
uh, Holiday went to sleep. I yeah, mean, Holiday couldn't get anything going. He was seven of twenty-one. Even Lopez is mm-hmm. four of ten. Uh, Middleton yeah. five of sixteen. Yeah, you can't just have a, a whole team fall apart like that and and pull it out at that point. There was, I mean, that, that they got to one hundred eight on this team. Uh, I yeah. mean, just this playing terribly for the first two games. Hopefully, you know, having that crowd, which you were saying this before we started, but that crowd was incredible. Um, yeah. And I, 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 I tweeted this out, but I mean, like you watch the videos, like I don't know that guy's name. The guy who bought the, the Dave Bakhtiari jersey from, um, I think he's, he had like the spit and chiclets uh, image on his one shirt. And I think he works for um, Barstool. I don't know his name. Okay. I don't know any of them except for Big Cat I don't know and, and El Presidente, who sucks. Yeah. Um, but Barstool Big Cat, we, we enjoy following him. He, he's an interesting cat, and uh, I loved his um, and, and his uh, NCAA football he played during COVID, so we could all follow mm-hmm. Coach Doug's. Yeah, exactly. And, and a UW alum too, by the way. Yep, huge Badger guy, huge Badger guy. Chicago, yeah. everything else, Badger Badger fan through and through. Which is like a lot of Wisconsin, a lot of Chicago, and a lot of Twin Cities are Badger grads because they don't want to go to their yeah. schools. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, like the. Just, just the atmosphere having you know, Bakhtiari is there again, and he is—he's mm-hmm. basically the, the biggest Bucks cheerleader there is. Not only just you mm-hmm. know he chugs beers, but he also like undid his hair and floated yeah. around, and then it was did his thing, and then his dad's right there with him. <laughs> it was like his dad's on the jumbotron drinking a beer, and Dave Bakhtiari's behind. He's like, "That's my dad." <laughs> so great, just <laughs> and, Bakhtiari. His dad God, puts God, the beer down and is just dude, like man. screaming into the camera. Like his dad is screaming to the camera. Like this is the best. Oh, Nobody has anything like ti- this. The, the timeout antics at Pfizer Forum, one game I've only ever been to, but the, the, like the timeout antics are great. Like the night we were there, it was, they were giving away the fear of the deer t-shirts and they were going around and having people like ripping their shirts <laughs> off. Like, you know, and it turned into this big thing and it was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, they keep that crowd pumped up. They keep them juiced. And a uh, friend of the show, Pete, um, who is the season ticket holder of the Bucks, he's been to most of the games and uh, actually bought all three t- tickets for the uh, for the finals here, expecting to sell game four to, you know, cut the costs of game three and six. And then today when I saw him, I asked him, hey, uh, going to sell game four? And he's like, nope, we're going to eat the cost for all of them because game three was <laughs> – in his own words, he said, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, he's a huge basketball fan. Um, he's like, how many quarters of basketball have I watched my entire life? And I'm like, six digits, you know, at least. You know, this guy's been watching basketball since he was six years old, you know, at least, mm-hmm. minimal. And uh, uh, and he said it was the third quarter of last night's game was the best quarter of basketball he's ever seen in his life. <laughs> he said that stadium was rocking. He's like... He said his fingers were dug into his chair like his wife had an interview today, but he was still screaming at the top of her lungs <laughs> you know, for, uh, for, for the, and you could just tell, I mean, that place was juiced. Like the, the deer district was juiced. I mean, yeah. it was a great showing. It just like, just like the movie Ghostbusters was a great showing for the city of New York. Last <laughs> night was a great showing for the city of Milwaukee. When Milwaukee was given the spotlight, of a championship team, which they haven't since 1982, or a championship run. Milwaukee was insane last night. Like they didn't know what to make of themselves up on the post game stage of the Deer District. The ESPN people. It was too loud. 
There was fireworks going off. There were still people screaming half an hour after the game was done. Uh, bravo, hats off to you, Milwaukee. That was a yeah. uh, pretty good, pretty good showing last night. Yeah. Well, even uh, Jalen Rose was like, "Where are you guys going? I'm down. I'm coming down. I'm coming down." Right. At least he understands because you know he's he played in you know Indiana and he I think you know and he played at Michigan and stuff like that. He's like I think he gets a little bit more like you know what? Shut up and stop telling me Milwaukee isn't anything but great. It's a fun city. Yeah. I don't want to well, live there because I don't want to live in any big taken, city. But yeah. Jalen's taken pop shots at Milwaukee in the past too, just like you would any other city too. You know, people take well, pop shots at Philadelphia every once in a while. Detroit oh, yeah. gets bagged on all the time too. But you know, at least at least with Jalen, he gets it. Whereas Stephen A. is just a, 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 a now officially a racist jerk. You know, so yeah, I've had had a problem today. But I mean, yeah. like that's the thing. Like they put Kellerman and and Stephen a on there talking about how much like well this isn't even any good if it's not in new york and you're like no one cares what the two of you think you're like two new york guys saying man aren't all other cities garbage you're like no no this no. is how is this good no, tv dude, i tweeted it last week and let's go back on some of the things i've tweeted now so yeah. i tweeted it last week before before the last series was even done two weeks ago it would have been then I'm like, it'll be interesting to see ESPN's coverage if the Bucks make the finals, and that was before Game 6. Because from what they were making it out to be, you would think that if it made it to Milwaukee, no one would show up. Right. Like, it would just be an empty stadium, and no one would care. That's what they were making it, and that's what I think they truly yeah. believed, even oh, yeah. despite what was actually happening during the playoffs. And then also, too, to go back to what I was talking about earlier, so I think back in January... February, when we were saying, just wait till the regular season's over, and then we'll care about basketball, which we've come around on. Thank you, folks. I think I I know for a fact that I said I wanted to see Milwaukee versus Phoenix in the finals. And so I called that shot, too, John. And then I also said what would be great is if it was Utah versus Milwaukee just to piss off the NBA. Because <laughs> <laughs> that might be a series nobody would watch, but... Uh, I think there's just enough star power um, with Giannis being the international star that he is. And then Devin Booker dating a Kardashian and Chris Paul being Chris Paul. There's there's still enough star power to drive this thing. So, Yeah, and by the way, ratings are up from last year when it was L.A. and Miami. Oh, of course it is. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not as high as they were in 2019 for Toronto versus Golden State, but they're higher than they were for the Lakers in Miami. So take that. Yeah. Neither of those cities. In the face, Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, Sorry. I still don't know. Okay. I, I do want to say this. This, And we talked about this, and I wanted to bring this up with Aaron today, too. Monty Williams had one of the – I mean, it's it's a bad take if you're taking it as just a take. He said, well, what we're supposed to do, we only shot 16 free throws, and one of their guys shoots 17. I'm not trying to blame the refs, but I'm just saying – yeah, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm not going to read the quote right now, but um, it's dumb and wrong because game one was the exact opposite numbers, essentially, that they mm -hmm. shot the number of free throws. They, they're, I mean, they're pretty much exactly the opposite ones. Like the Suns massively outshot the Bucks in terms of free throws in game one, and in game three, they were the opposite. And he's mm -hmm. trying to make it sound like it's a giant conspiracy. How could that possibly happen? You're like, because the Bucks decided to go inside finally. And Aiton kept hitting people. Literally, your plan is to hit Giannis every time he goes in. It's literally their game plan, and it's obvious that's what they're trying to do. Then he's mad they're getting called for the thing they're trying to do. 
Right. Yeah, it it's so disingenuous. But here's what's going on, everybody. And Aaron knows this. I'm not telling this to Aaron. Um, he's doing this to talk to the refs. He's communicating to the referees. And here's the thing is don't think it won't work. Don't think he's being dumb here. This works in the NBA. Budenhauser should do this way more. He should have been screaming about the refs. Take the fine and then just move on and be like, oh, man, the refs really screwed us today. And then next time you'll get calls. You're like, man, that guy's falling down all over the place. And then next time make sure you fall down and then they'll call it. Why do coaches do this? Why did uh, Monty Williams do this? Because it works. And mm-hmm. you, in all honesty, until the NBA decides that flopping is bad for their sport, yeah. you should do it. I don't know what else to say. Right. I mean, like it continues to get called because there's no penalty for for flopping, but there are disadvantages to a, you know deciding not to. Kind of like when Craig Council decided we're not retaliating on hit by pitches. It means the Brewers put less guys on base. And you're like, right. if you just make that decision that you're not willing to follow the, the you know the weird unwritten rules because you'd rather win, then it has effects. And, and when these guys are saying like we're not going to take the unwritten rules of like no flopping, we can't do that. It's not it's not the spirit of the game. And they're like, well, yes, we'll flop because they'll give us more calls, and calls help us win games. Right. Then yes, right. you do it. So. If the NBA actually cared about this and they wanted to fine anybody, they'd, you know, they would stop calling those as fouls. They would get on the refs and and make it a point of emphasis, because uh, one of, they they yeah. watch every game. They watch all the refs every time. They got that place in New Jersey where they sit and watch them. If you don't believe me, mm-hmm. go listen to the um, Against the Rules podcast by Michael Lewis, who wrote Moneyball and um, what are the other ones and uh, the Big Short. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a very good podcast episode about the replays and everything in the NBA. Um, they do a very good job, but they do let the flopping go because if they wanted to really focus on it, they have every ability to go back and check it and just find people for doing it or whatever they want to do. Just change the way the refs handle it and they could do it tomorrow, but they won't. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, speaking of our, uh, our buddy, Coach Bud, um, I, it's a visual, but so you're so everyone listening, you're gonna have to deal with me and uh, either go <laughs> look at the tweet because I, I retweeted it for you. But uh, just imagine the the face of Coach Bud at any point during a game, and Ro- Roger Sherman tweeted out last night, Ugh. and it's not a sh- it's not a shot at his coaching, but it's true. Mike Budenholzer always looks like he just bet an amount of money he can't afford to lose on a casino game he doesn't fully understand. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good analogy <laughs> it is it's great because and then there's about 400 examples retweeted after that of coach bud just having that dis, just look of absolute despair on his face that he always does <laughs> i want you guys like everybody go and watch just just the sidelines go watch what what monty williams does on the sidelines go watch what spolster does on the sidelines go watch what nurse does on the sidelines and then watch how Budenhauser responds to things going badly it's mostly like jaw drop like you're like what you're like no start getting angry make a scene because they they respond to that's why jim harbaugh does it because he knows like um when harbaugh actually had teams in san francisco that could win and he would blow up at the refs about something and you knew he was wrong and he knew he was wrong he did Mm -hmm. but he understood that it 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 changed the way they were going to call the game and they were going to give him more like 
more calls for holds. They're going to give him more like, oh, that that was a little late. We're going to throw the flag. It, it, it's a twofold thing. It puts it puts the refs on notice, and it gives your players more so in football than in basketball. But your players know you you have their back. Like yeah. that's yeah. the other thing too. Like as players, you don't have to complain. Even though, like I said, it's not as much in football. In football, you can get a flag thrown on you if you jaw a ref. In the NBA, you can jaw a ref, and nobody does anything. No. And uh, yeah, the, in baseball, you Chris just kind of look at Chris, people. Chris Paul does it all. Game, Chris Paul does it all game long, and he's not yeah. even the worst one, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, he he definitely cursed a couple of refs out in game three. I, we all watched him do it. <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah. okay. Chris, Chris Ball usually it looks like he's giving them advice all game long, whereas there's other players that, uh, you know, yeah. I can't. You know, there's, yeah, enough of them that just literally jaw at the refs all day, all day long, and because they make $50 million a year, nobody says anything about it. So, yeah. anyhow. I don't know. What are your thoughts now that we've watched three games into this? I mean, how are you feeling about how the series is going? And, you know, do you see a Bucks and six at this point? It's going to be rough for them to pull off four in a row. Especially you pulled seven. You called Phoenix seven, too. I think. No, I called six on this one, I Did think. you? Okay. Didn't I think I, I called no, seven. I called, Atlanta, I called Atlanta at six. That's right. I think I thought this one was going to be in seven, too. I think we both said seven. No? We'll double check it. it. You guys can just go back and listen to us. From I, I, I do. Uh, yeah, I do, too. Yeah. I wish we'd write these things down. I do believe I was a little bit more confident this round than I was in previous rounds. Or either that I'm getting confused with Atlanta Hawks. I was less confident on this than I am the Hawks just because they've got, just, yeah. I think I did say seven on this one again, and I and I think the NBA wants it to go seven as well. So yeah, after last year's finals being an absolute snooze fest, um, yeah, I think I think it'll find its way to seven come one way or another. So yeah, I, I kind of feel that way now too. I think the Bucks are going to come back. I think they've got their a little bit more of their momentum back. I think they feel a little bit better about who they are. I think they've got something going here, and I think they'll they'll come out and, and even this back up, and it'll be a three game series. Then, just the thing against it does me is, feel like it does it does feel like the net series, like the Hawks series. The Hawks came out and punched them in the mouth right off the bat, but you kind of you kind of knew that one would straighten itself out, especially when Trey Young got hurt. A little scary when Giannis got hurt too. Yeah, but uh, you kind of you kind of always knew that the Bucks were gonna. Yeah, pull past the, 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 Hawks, the Hawks one seemed like it was always under control. Um, this one feels more like the Nets, where they're the other team actually has more than one person that can play and yeah. play well and play at a very high level. So yeah, they got three guys on that floor. Although, 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 although if Booker keeps going in the toilet, man, I mean that would be great. <laughs> yeah, be wonderful. Um, and if we keep putting Aiton in foul trouble, then we'll see. Yeah. The Bucks can still win this. I don't really know if I feel like either team's got a big advantage. I think the Bucks come out and win game four, and I give a slight advantage to the Suns on the way out because they have home court twice. Um, yeah, and they've yeah, if they yeah. they have home court twice and they're already up a game, so I mean, yeah. I it is still slight advantage. But yeah, well, I, I mean, say if, even if, if it gets to even, I'm saying because I think the Bucks win game four, and I still mm-hmm. think it's a slight advantage to the Suns. Just the the home court thing, I think, is going to get them. Um, get them over, and I don't know that the Bucks win this, and it's very heartbreaking because it's been such a long, good year for the Bucks to get all this far. <sighs> yeah, I just don't know. I don't feel horribly confident about the final, and I, I know a lot of people are gonna be mad at me about that, but I'm here to talk about what I actually think is gonna happen. 
I think we're going to get to game seven. And I think it's going to be a tough, heartbreaking win. It's going to be harder to see because it's going to be a bunch of Suns fans like flipping off the bus again when they win um, because they have not been particularly um, good fans. I mean, they definitely show up and root for their own team, but they oh, they're waited. Good their, they're good for their own team, but they're they waited bad. around after the game so they could flip off the Bucks buses as they were leaving. Like, why don't you just go celebrate, man? Like, what's the point of that? And the Bucks just shoot off fireworks and keep drinking. It's like, yeah, we're having a great time. Yeah. I don't even care what the other team is doing right now because I don't think about them. But, no, yeah, they, that was weird. They, they, they are bad fans from that sense, but I, I, I have been impressed by, like, for for what ESPN was, you know, kind of lining up as well. These fan bases, blah, blah, blah. Phoenix is just as rowdy as Milwaukee. Yeah. Like I can only yep. imagine how hard it is to play there too. So yeah, they're very good in being zealous for their own team and, and you know, yeah. good for them on that. Yep. All right. We'll move on then to the other Milwaukee team that's been going on. And there was some refereeing um, <laughs> kind of fun the other day. I was actually at the game on yeah. Saturday uh, when Christian Yelich got thrown out for saying one one thousandth of what Chris Paul says, you know, throughout one game. Um, right. Because that was a look. You can't make a move towards second. It looked like he slightly turned his shoulders, but he never turned his feet. Um, right. You can kind of get behind it. Throwing Yelich out of the game was a garbage move. It was a garbage move. Yeah. It reminds you that in baseball, the umpires really think it's an umpire game with people playing around them. No, it really is. Yeah, no, that was the big argument I heard this morning. Steve Zabin brought it up, and then Grant Bills brought it up on the uh, Wisco Sports Show this afternoon. It's it, and, and there and uh, Grant Bills brought up a uh, a quote from Winkler or uh, Bart Winkler, who yeah. I agree with about fifty percent of what he says, more so yeah. since people have been winning. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and it, it, in a game, it's it, it's amazing how in a game that allows an umpire to have a floating strike zone with no definite dimensions that in between replay and stupid plays like that, like they will take like, Oh, he flinched towards second base. He moved one, one hundredth of an inch towards second base. He's out like, and they'll go that route. Or like when uh, Adamas got called off because his foot made a depression off the bag. So like millimeters of inches, but Umpires can have a, a strike zone that varies up to four inches in every direction. <laughs> right. There's something wrong, you know, like fix the umpiring. That's and and on top of it, in that game, they kicked out Yelich, Vado, and Council. Well Vado manager Vado was fighting to get kicked out at that point. But still, I mean, but still that feeds into your the umpires think the game's about them. Yeah. You know, like say what you will about Joey Vado. That's the two biggest stars on each team. Yelich on the Brewers and Vado on the Reds arguably right and yeah. then Craig Council yeah and it's like Grant Bill said yeah so now someone explained to the family from Rice Lake Wisconsin that just drove four hours to a game why they don't get to watch the best players play because the umpires want the game to be about them yeah it's it, umpiring is terrible in the, it's all around yeah. like it, it never ends it's stupid well God. the major leagues I get a little bit more than the others but yeah it's like but the one thing I'll say about Votto is I mean, he was trying to get kicked out. I mean, just from how you look at that, like that's what he was trying to do. Because usually, you can say what you want so long as you, you know, if if you stood there in the batter's box and looked out after the called strike, and you're like, 
that was a, you know, this, this, and this ball. Um, but you're not looking at the umpire. They don't do anything because you aren't showing them up. Yelich stood still where he was tagged out and said something to, to the guy. It wasn't overly animated. It didn't look like almost anything happened. And then he was thrown out. Like, we were shocked. Like, we didn't even see anything happening from the stands. Um, Votto stood at the plate, then got in the umpire's face, then left, and then clearly threw a bat and said something back at the I umpire. I, I and you're mean, like, it's, I know, that, those I, are the differences there. Like, Yelich never bothered to try to show him up. I know. I'm just saying, though, that... Yeah, it, you're throwing I mean, out the big was, names. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. The, the, um, the, the, the umpires are... It, it's, it's Yeah, I mean, Angel Hernandez, every time he gets behind the plate... It's it's his game, and everybody yeah. else is just around him, and yeah. he's going to be the center of attention now. Yeah, I mean, and and if you want to fight with counsel, me, I'm going to throw you out. Yeah, and counsel was out there to get thrown out to show he supported his player, <laughs> so so he just obliged him in that regard, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it, when you, I mean, as an umpire, I mean, you just have to be a horrible human being to be an umpire just to kick Craig Council out of a game because I don't think that man has an evil bone in his body. They're like, come on, Junior, go back to the box. And like he looks like he's fifteen. Who's yelling at a fifteen-year-old? Well, I do. I yell myself. They, they kicked no. him out because they thought the Bat Boy was charging him. <laughs> Get back Get to that the bat bench. Boy out of here. So anyhow, yeah, it's just it. It was odd, most in that regard. It it, it basically stole an entire uh, out from the Brewers and just made it harder for them to score runs. They would have had, I think, it was one out, runners at first and second, and then they didn't. And it didn't have that. Then there were like two outs and it ended that inning basically for the Brewers. Um, the only kind of sweet revenge is that the guy who came in, uh, Tyrone Taylor, because in talk mm-hmm. about the game, I, I called him Tyrod a couple times to my brother-in-law. Um, right. He's Tyrone. But in mm-hmm. fairness, I have said Tyrod Taylor far more than I've ever said Tyrone Taylor in my life. Right, exactly. Um, yep. But yeah, Tyrone Taylor hits the two-run home run that ties up the game. And I'll tell you, and it's been backed up by everybody who was with me. When Tyrone Taylor came up with one runner on, I turned, I, I looked across at my son who was one row down and like four over. I was like, Josh, Josh. I was like, Tyrone Taylor, dinger, right here. And I did the home run, you know, like loop finger thing. I was like, it's coming. Yep. Tyrone Taylor. And then it goes out. And I was like, I told you. I told you I, I told called you. this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it was I'm, poetry. I can't, even, I, can't, I can't even do Nostradamus. I can't even make a Nostradamus. Uh, Barnetradamus, yeah, Barnetradamus. <laughs> it's hard to do. Yeah, I called that one. My dad, my dad, oddly has this um, ability to call interceptions in, in games, like turnovers. And oh. He'll just be like, he'll just sit there, like he's like, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be a pick this drive. And then seriously, like three plays later, somebody in the Packers will pick off the ball. And sometimes we're like, Dad, call yeah. a pick. He's like, I don't feel one. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, come on, no. Dad. <laughs> no, come on, Dad. <laughs> Make this happen, Dad. But no, he'll just, he'll just tell yeah. us that all the time. He's just like. Don't worry. It's going to be a pick this drive. It's going to be a pick this drive. It's going to be all right. And, was, and then it'll happen. I'm like, how do you do this? <laughs> it's my but, dad's so, special ability. <laughs> if only could capitalize on it. Right? Um, couldn't, right. Be hitting a, couldn't be hitting a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. It's deciding when other teams are going to throw picks. <laughs> throw a pick. It's fantastic. So, so what, that was, that was Saturday the Freddie Peralta game, or was that Sunday? Saturday was Freddie Peralta. Um, that was yeah, right as so, we had just found Freddie Peralta going to the All-Star game. And also Narvaez, right before the game, we found out he was an All-Star, so the Brewers have five All-Stars now. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but, yeah, there was another bad call in the game, too. It was against Freddie Peralta, where it was obviously strike three. 
It was hard to tell from where and, I was. I felt they were all strikes, but nobody really listens yeah. to me from up in the family section. That's I, I watched the review enough too, and yeah, it was close. But I mean, it should have been strike three. But instead, the next pitch was a three-run shot that ended up losing the game. So well, they came back right? and tied it, and then Hater gives up the home run to. to oh, sorry, that's right. Eugenio Suarez, that guy, he's right. like um like Moran uh, from the Pirates. Like he doesn't do much, yeah. but he does kill the Brewers, right? <laughs> just yeah. Excuse me, listeners. It was a it was a long weekend, and I uh, lost track of some of my stuff there. I didn't get. I was down in Chicago, and you know, I take in most of my Brewers action through the radio, so yeah. I was not able to listen to it. So there you are. Yeah, it, it, the rough part about this is getting a four game stretch there with with the uh, Reds. And it's like the whether people are saying the 2018 pirate stretch, you know, losing several games against a division rival, right? And what they're saying now is, of course, the only way to make this completely comparable to the 2018 pirates is now the Reds need to be convinced they're in it, make a trade for a Chris Archer type player who will no longer be a hall of, you know, like a, right. a an all star player once they trade for him, right? Um, they'll yeah. set back their franchise twenty years. Yep. Yeah, because the Pirates can't make mistakes on players with trades. They just, yep, they, just they, they, they did. And that's that was the beginning of the end of them. That's right there at the bottom of the division again. So yeah, yeah, you can't give up that much and get him. So yeah, we'll see. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens after the All Star break in terms of who makes any moves, and if the Brewers make any moves to try to shore up maybe some hitting, because they got four All Star pitchers at this point, three of their five starters, and their closer. I don't even know what position he plays, but what. <laughs> What about this Mancini guy from the Orioles? <laughs> I just watch, just watch, I know the Mets won't let Pete Alonso go, but how about this Mancini guy? Yeah, maybe. He put him out there. I mean, Rowdy Tellas is out there. I got to watch him play, and his. I think it was his first no, Brewers start. I didn't see yeah. him do much of anything, but he's a big dude. Um, the most hilarious thing I have watched this season was Rowdy Tellas. I think he took a walk. Either way, he's on first. The pitcher throws over to first three different times. I was like, mm-hmm. why is he keeping Rowdy Tellis on first? Like, let him lead off as much as he wants. He's not yeah. going anywhere. Um, right, exactly. Like, <laughs> like they measure his his first to second time with a sundial. Like, he's not. Right, yeah, that, he has yeah. a stolen base in his career. Does he got uh, uh, Howard? Does he have Howard type speed? I, I don't know. It's not good. It is not good yeah. speed. Um, Dwight Howard had terrible speed. But it was just, um, yeah, it was just terrible. The idea was just like, what are you even doing? Like, he would lead off two steps, and you could see he's leaning back towards first, even with those steps. And I was like, this guy is definitely not going anywhere. Like, he's trying to tell you, I'm not, I'm not running unless they make me. <laughs> they just kept throwing over at him. I was like, is this a joke? Are we being punked? Why is he throwing to first? It was just, it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, no, the Brewers get a stretch here. We're going to come into the all-star break Brewers in first place. Um, and then they'll get the Reds again once they come out of the all-star break. Uh, so we'll see how they handle this little break here. Um, you know, the <laughs> only, I got to correct, correct myself. I said, I said, Dwight, I said, Dwight Howard. Speed. You meant I'm Ryan, Ryan Howard. Howard. I meant Ryan Howard. I had to go Google myself. I'm like, what did I say there? I said something completely <laughs> wrong there. I was yes, Ryan concerned. Howard. I yeah. was like, was Dwight Howard? You just, talked, you just talked about Ryan Howard last week too. That's the worst part. 
That's why I figured that's what you meant because we were just talking about him the other week. I was like, "What?" Like, it's like, "All right, we'll just some, let it go." I said something wrong there. I said something wrong. I got to go look. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Best thing Ryan Howard did was, you know, his his thing on the office, where he's yes, he's pitching himself as a um, as a superhero in a movie. It was so good, but um, fantastic. Yeah, five Brewers All Stars, three of our starting pitchers, one. Uh, well, one hater, and then only one position player, Narvaez, who really should be going. He's been batting over 300. He's second among, I believe, all catchers in batting average, or maybe just all NL catchers. Mm-hmm. Um, having a fantastic year, doing a very good job. Yeah, uh, him and and getting Avisail Garcia playing back at a good level. You know, the two of them both lost weight this off season to come back in and be. Uh, better contributors and to get, you know, more for this team. And so both of them have been very key in trying to get this continued success. Yeah. If they continue to start hitting, like they've kind of started hitting a little bit here. Adamas has been such a good pickup. Urias has been hitting like 250 over the last month or so. Mm-hmm. Things are trending upward. They just had a bad stretch with the Reds, but you can play the Reds coming out of the all-star break and hopefully, uh, Hopefully get, uh, get, more get, get to play him three more times. Yeah. Uh, the only other couple of things here is uh, the Brewers, the, the MLB draft. They drafted uh, Sal Frelick out of Boston yep. College and then Tyler Black. Um, oh gosh, I don't even know what school he's from. WSU Raiders. I'm going to be entirely honest. I don't watch college baseball because what? No. Um, and Wisconsin doesn't have a team, so. There's no value to it for me, I guess. I don't know these players. I couldn't give you any word on them. We won't see well, them I... for several years. <laughs> what? I, I'm saying what? You you don't know oh, about, I thought you said, about some prospects? Yeah, I thought you said but. I was like, but what? What do you know? <laughs> no, he doesn't know anything either. Yeah, but, but it's out uh, there. Right, right, right state. Right state. Okay. That's in um, shoot, I'm trying to think. Dayton. Okay. I was like, what state is right? How many colleges does Dayton have? Because they have Dayton then too. I don't know. Yeah, they have the Dayton Flyers. Oddly enough, right? Not a state. It's not actually a state. Did you know this? Ferris, also not a state. Ferris, not a state. Ferris, not a state. There's no state called Ferris. No, Uh, we just need to say Ferris. That's all you know. Ferris State. All right, everybody. Uh, The other couple things I guess we can throw in there... um, trying to think what else we had there was something else with the just little things here and there i don't think they're big enough to really get to it this week i guess and we're kind of running out of time so i guess anything else that we have that we missed make sure you just go on twitter and let us know what that was uh if you feel we we've really blown past something important um you can of course find the show at scotty johnny pod you can follow me at not so humble host and you can follow aaron at cheddar talk And remember, whether you're on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.